Welcome to Glass Bones Hockey Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Burke. Joining me today, as always, is the fantastic and wonderful Mr. Kyle Franz. Hi, buddy. How are you doing today? Hey, buddy. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm pretty good, buddy. I'm so excited to talk hockey. This has been a week. I've had a lot going on in my life that I'm excited to sit down on a Friday night and talk hockey. <laughs> I know. It's been wild. It's It's great. I mean... The Flyers won their first game. Boston won their first game. Mark Scheifele signed a contract, so he's not getting traded to Boston. <laughs> the greatest week of my life. <laughs> and by so the way, far. did you hear? Connor Bedard is in the <laughs> NHL. I don't know if you heard about that. Hey, I mean, he's only got, what, 750 more goals to go, and then he's going to catch Gretzky. Yeah. You know, no, that'll be done this year. Yeah, at least probably. If you watch the ESPN, that's what you would think. <laughs> It makes sense as ESPN though because yeah. they know nothing about hockey. I know it, it is. I hate picking on every picking on them all the time, but it is. It's, it's just so frustrating watching that game. I'm like, guys, you realize there's other players on the ice, right? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of. This has been a really good hockey game to start the year off, and you guys are completely ignoring the rest of it and just watching one player and trying to tell me that he's the only one that knows how to shoot the puck the right way. Mm. Oh my god. <laughs> Ah uh, yes, but yeah. anyway, it is. It, I don't. I don't mean to knock that because I don't want to be that guy. Because you know he is a great player, yeah. and I'm really looking forward to watching him. I was really looking forward to seeing that first game, and it was a blast to watch. He, you know, he played a good game, and let's see where his career goes from here. Yeah, well, that's. I think. I think both of us have been because, like, that was one thing that I, I was thinking back through, like when I was talking about Bedard at previous times. So, like, I, I don't know if I was clear about. Like, I think he's going to be a great player. Like, I'm not trying to say he's not. I just don't think that he this year he's going to come in and score 120 points. Right. I think that was like just have a don't have too much expectation for him because it's a long season. You know, he's still very he's still 18. Like he's very young. Let him be 18. Like he's only going to have an 18 an 18 season once. Yeah. Let him be 18. That's okay. Like that was more of my point than it cuz I do. I think he's going to be very good and that game showed he's very very talented. He's still got some room to grow. You know, and and realistically, I mean, I know that Chicago won the game, but still, one v one, Crosby kind of showed Bedard, hey, there's a lot of room here. Yeah. You know, like you got, there's a lot of things that you need to straighten out before you're going to become elite and surpass me. You know, and which I think, I mean, I don't know if they intentionally did that or not, but that was a great decision if they did to make to have that Chicago versus Pittsburgh game for the first the well the second game of the season technically, but. The for for Chicago and Pittsburgh's first game to be against each other, that was really cool. I really do. I think that was a really a very smart move by the NHL. If that's what they, you know, I don't know how that stuff works. I'm sure somebody made the decision at some point, but but yeah, and it's he's going to be very good. Yeah, he's not going to score 120 points this year. I'm telling you what, there that uh, I'm not a gambling man, but at the same rate, if it will do this, if Connor Bedard scores 120 points this year, I will shave my beard. <laughs> completely off and yeah. have it off for six months. Even the goatee? Everything. <laughs> Everything. I will be f- n- naked on the face for six months if he puts up over 120 points. That's how confident I am. And for those who don't really see me ever, I never don't have facial hair. Like, never. So, I always have facial hair. Just for context on what I'm talking about. So, I look like I'm 12 years old when I don't have facial hair. So, just nobody <laughs> needs to see that. So, but yeah, I just, I think he's going to be great. I wouldn't be surprised if 120 points is next year. Yeah. That's like I think he's going to be that good. I just don't think it's going to be this year. Plus, again, Chicago is bad. Yeah. Which, so we're gonna try, I'm going to use that to transition out. It's 
This week was great on other a couple reasons. One, Pittsburgh lost their first game to <laughs> Chicago, which I thought was hilarious and awesome. Sorry, Shane, not really, but kind of. Yeah, it's kind of ironic that that's their first loss. <laughs> it, it, especially because you look back in last year, yeah. that loss is what kept them out of the playoffs. Yep. So it's like ironic again. And then you have um, Edmonton getting, I mean, just slaughtered in their first game. And I don't know if you look at the stats, both Campbell and Skinner had the exact same stats. Oh, really? I same shots against, wow. same goals against, everything. The only thing that was different was minutes. Yeah. That's wild. I don't think I've ever seen that where two goalies have played and had the exact same stats. Yeah. And it was like, oh boy, what do you do now? Yeah. And like watching that game, it wasn't the goalies. Mm-mm. There was, I mean, I think there was like one, maybe two softies, but yeah. not yeah. enough. And it's it's one game, so like you don't want to overreact. And I'm not overreacting, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. like here we go again. It's once again, you know, they, they go out, they don't know how to defend, you know, and then you go to the other Canadian team that we pick on all the time in Toronto and they have a six to five game. Like, here we go again. Like, <laughs> you guys won't figure this out. Like, mm-hmm. it's just the same thing over and over and over again. Everybody's all hyped that Matthew's got the hat trick and stuff. And yeah, it's awesome. Good. Like, he, yeah, we all know he can score goals. But the point is, is if it was like a four to three game and he had a hat trick, that's one thing. But mm-hmm. you know, here we go again. It's just goals, 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 goals. Can't defend. And it's just going to be the same ending. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's it's Montreal should not be taking Toronto to a shootout. Again, I get it. It's the first game. And I'm certainly not trying to harp on like, you know, I'm not trying to. It's it's one game out of 82. It's a long season. Yeah. But at the same rate, it's a little bit scary. You know, and it's you, like in the first game of the season, you're looking for like you're just looking for something like there's a change. Like mm-hmm. this is going to be a little different. Hey, if it's one game and then all of a sudden, you know, game two, it's a six to five and all over again. That's it is what it is. It's a long season. Stuff happens. But like the first game, you're like, I want to see this team defend. I want to see them coming out of training camp looking like they're hungry and ready to like mm-hmm. try to change this around. But nope, they're just I guess they're both just happy with playing that game. I mean, Edmonton. You know, there's a chance they win some of those games nine to eight. Like mm-hmm. it's not, it wouldn't be out of the question. They just weren't scoring that night. I mean, unfortunately, I didn't obviously stay up to watch that game because <laughs> East Coast to work. it's a ten thirty start and it's not easy. But I did wake up and watch the highlights, and I'm just like, Oof, a couple of those goals. I'm like, guys, like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's that's the thing for me. I'm looking at it. And I'm like, th- there's just enough enough of those goals were just bad defense, and not like. Somebody, it was like a, a a slight moment, like a hiccup, where it was like because even watching the Flyers game last night, or I was was well, I was watching the end, the probably second half of the third period, and when Lionel scored his the second goal for Columbus, there was a split second of somebody turned the wrong way and then missed coverage, but it was like a split second and Lionel got the shot off and it was a good shot and it was like okay, like and while. That's like, ah, you don't want that happening. It's kind of like, ah, that stuff does happen, unfortunately. There was enough, like, moments in that, that Edmonton game where it was, like, just clear not defending. Like, just, they're just not defending. And it's like, at some point, you got to figure that part out. Like, you really do. And it's, and especially, like, it's not like you, you played Vegas. And right. it's like, okay, well, okay. You played Vancouver, who's probably not making the playoffs this year. Yeah. And, it's, and I mean, I was, I'm so happy to see Brock Besser bounce back and have a four goal game. That's the start we were both looking for. We both mentioned him and uh, might've been in the breakdown, maybe not the preview, but we definitely both mentioned him and yeah, that's a great start for him. I'm really happy for him and good for Vancouver. That's the start that they wanted to see. I mean, they, they're one of those teams that have a lot of talent and you're just hoping for their sake that they figure it out and it's 
great start again. It's 81 games ago, so don't get too mm-hmm. excited, but mm-hmm. it's a good start. Mm-hmm. I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. Uh, yes. Yeah. No, it was, it was exciting. It, it's just, yeah, it's cool to see him take that step back to where it's like, okay, this is what you were drafted to do, and you're doing it, and that's cool. And hopefully, it's not a one-off. It's something that's consistent for him this year, because I really do have, like, I really do like the way he plays. I like him as a person. I would love to see him succeed, you know, kind of thing. So, we'll see. But yeah, I don't know. There was there, there was a lot that happened, you know. We, this It's Friday night, so we've had Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So, three full nights of hockey. Games are about to start tonight. So, a lot of games have been played. A lot of different storylines. I mean, You've seen two, uh, one suspension, uh, at least two fines. So you know we're we're back in full swing here, yeah. and it's so exciting. It's back. To, it's fun to be back recording when live things are happening, and it's not like, oh hey, we finally have one piece of news to talk about this this week. It's like no, there's stuff happening every single night, and we're gonna there's gonna be some stuff that we just don't have time to talk about, right. and that's awesome. Yeah, no, it is. It's the best. It's it's so much fun, and this is. You know, we started this podcast in the middle of the playoffs last year and had no idea what the off season was really going to bring. So it's, we had a good time doing that, but yeah, it was exciting. It was exciting sitting there watching the games with the mentality of what am I going to talk about? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like trying to like think about things and yeah, there's, there's plenty to talk about. Mm-hmm. And uh, I did want to just quickly bring up like watching the Bruins game and you, you had your bold prediction was, um, Milan Lucic hitting 40 points. And when you said it, I'm like, nah, there's, I mean, that's a lot. That's mm-hmm. a lot to ask for him. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying he's going to, obviously it's one game, <laughs> but he was playing a lot of that game with Pasternak. They mm-hmm. already like shifted him up there and I don't know. It's <laughs> the wine juggling that was going on in that game was insane. Mm-hmm. And it was really cool to see. Cause I wanted to see what they were really going to go with. And I, there wasn't a consistent line the whole time, but once he moved up there and he assisted the, Mm-hmm. second goal of the game which uh was a beautiful pass beautiful shot he drove the net did what he always does i'm like I, it kind of reminded me i kind of forgot when Pasternak came into the league like he was his winger with mm. him it was Krejci, lucic and pasta and i totally forgot about that until like he made that pass i'm like oh that looks oddly familiar <laughs> like i kind of remember like that that uh-huh. combo and there was like a mic'd up moment where Pasta was like, welcome back, baby. Like he went in during the celebration. So yeah, it was really cool to see. And no, that was a fun game to watch. And yeah, um, the, the Bruins look good. I was happy mm-hmm. with the way they looked. A lot of the younger guys, John Beecher played a good game. Again, it's a long season, but mm-hmm. you know, you're just looking for little things. And uh, John, I'll, I'll call him Potros right now because all three announcers on TNT were calling him a different name. So I'm not a hundred percent sure what he goes by. So we'll find out one day maybe, but mm-hmm. he looked really good though. And he was actually centering uh Marshawn for a lot of that game. So yeah, it'll be exciting to see where they go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's the little things, right? Like, you know, this is going to be a down year and just because you couldn't possibly be as good as last year, you lost two guys. Okay. But it's the little steps and it's like, and this is the stuff. And this is to me, the difference between teams that build the right way and teams that know how to develop and they know how to draft and teams that don't, you have guys coming in who are taking that step when you really need them to take that step. And some of it is they're seizing the opportunity that's left with two very big holes being left. Okay. That, and that's the thing I think that people forget often is, well, yes, it sucks to lose Bergeron and Krejcik for sure. And you don't replace those guys, 
but it leaves opportunity for two guys to come in and step up and do something completely different. And you don't know. And it's like, and that's, you know, the stuff. And I was, I was very, I don't want to say shocked, but surprised that Beecher made the team. I didn't think he was going to make the team this year. Good on him. Even if he doesn't last all season, which probably more than likely he probably won't just Mm -hmm. because a lot of, a lot of those, you know, those in, in the, between the grade A, grade A, or grade A, grade B prospects will go up and down. Yep. That's very normal. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised to see him do that a little bit, but it's still, it's a step in the right direction and that's what you're looking for. And you just don't know. And so, yeah, it's, and it was, I think that was like to somebody who follows prospects and really likes a draft and stuff like that. It was cool to see just different, different rookies stepping up and stuff like Zach Benson making a team in Buffalo. Yeah. That was, that's awesome. I mean, really, really, really awesome. And it's going to be interesting to see what they end up, that team has so many good forward prospects. And now, which we'll get into shortly here, but like you have a lot of very good defensemen wrapped up too. Mm-hmm. This team is going to be a team to mess with. They really are. And I think they've built a very, very, very solid core and they keep adding pieces. And it's like, like they were, you know, picking 13th overall this summer and they're like, they, they didn't know who they were getting, you know? And they picked Zach Benson who has um, just outstanding numbers in the, in the, I think it was the WHL last year and just it says yeah I don't need another year just give me like get me on the team and okay. just you know and again he may not be there all year we don't know but it's just like stuff like that it's the little things you know little steps okay you made the team out of the training camp that's great now prove to us that you need that you can stay here and will stay here it's 82 games that may not happen and that's totally okay but what are you going to do with the time that you're given and I think that's something that I'm really looking forward to this year with a bunch of different teams a bunch of teams have new rookies and and stuff and guys that are making a team. And as a Philly fan, I'm really excited to see Bobby Brink and Tyson Forrester and Emil Andre too. I mean, force, they forced their way onto this team. Yeah. That's what you want, you know? And it's like, and, and we can talk about the country club Philly was for a while, but I think it's different now. And mm-hmm. you see that with, they, I think part of the reason that they brought in Hathaway and Brian Paling was to create that battle inside of camp where it's like, we have too many guys and not enough spots. Who's going to win the spots? And I think, and the thing too is Wade Allison goes down, which I'm, I am waivers is a funny thing. Who got picked up, who got left, you know, stuff like that. And I, again, some of that also has to do with the cap, unfortunately, but like, I'm surprised he didn't get picked up, but he's going to have a fire under him down in, in Lehigh Valley this year. And so like, I wouldn't be shocked to see him light it up and then be like, well, we, you know, somebody goes down or somebody struggles. Hey, you're coming up. And then, Let's see what he can do. And I think that that's going to happen for a couple teams with some guys that didn't make the NHL roster out of camp are going to go down and be like, you know, and then you're going to see what attitude do you have? Is it, oh, well, was me. Or is it, I'm going to prove to them that they made the wrong decision and I'm going to prove them that I should be up there and I'm going to do whatever it takes to get back there. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what you want. So, yeah, there's lots going around. So anything else you want to say on the, the games that happened before we move, move over? Um, what, just one more thing real quick, Doug, who was our guest for the, uh, flyers. He texted me last night when, uh, Konechny scored. He was like, he's on pace for 82. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. So is Bedard. Yeah. No, oh, sorry. Bedard's on pace for 82 points. He's on pace for 41 goals. <laughs> That's for you, Shane. Yep. Well, that, <laughs> oh, Bedard scored his first goal against the Bruins, so we can't talk about it. This weekend, they still won. I know. I was just kidding. I was just kidding. But when he did score, I was like, "Ah, oh, dang it!" Now every time they show it, I have to watch. 
Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. Hey, at least your team's been good recently. Yeah. Like my so team, cool. where you watch highlight highlight reels from last year of all these sick goals. Who's, who's it against? Flyers, Flyers, <laughs> Flyers, Flyers. What the heck is Tony D'Angelo doing back there? He don't know. It's great. Yeah, it's not fun. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's okay. It's fine. <laughs> Part of it. That's all right. We're going to be, we're getting better, you know, and that's all that matters. Well, yeah, that's, it was a good start. It's what, that's the stuff. That's the stuff you want to see. Like, even if there are mistakes, like you pointed out, like that's the stuff. It's okay. Mm-hmm. You just, you want to see it get fixed as the year goes. And mm-hmm. that's, what's fun to be. That's what's fun to be a fan. You can sit back and watch that stuff. And especially on a team like the flyers that are trying to just build something mm-hmm. and they're starting from the bottom. And this is unfortunately you're going to watch. Well, I mean, they won, but, you're going to watch some mistakes be made throughout. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's fun. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right, let's move on to some news around the league. So we have a ton of signings to get through and a trade and some, so we'll hit the, we're going to hit the PTOs first okay. just because I think that's going to be pretty quick and painless. So we have one, two, three, four, five, six at the moment, guys who have worked from a professional tryout, which is a PTO for short to a contract. Now, some of them are two-way contracts, so they can go up and down as the team sees fit, and some of them are one-ways. But we have Max Willman in New Jersey. He made his way onto that team. We have Colin White in Pittsburgh. We have Zach Aston Reese, who was in Carolina on a PTO. They cut him, and then he signed in Detroit. Interesting. Austin Watson in Tampa. Noah Gregor in Toronto. And... Today, actually, Adam Ernie in Edmonton. So, any thoughts or anything you want to touch on with those guys? No, I mean, good for them. It's always cool. I like that. I like to see guys get contracts because it's it's risky going into that. And, you know, they work hard and they prove that they belong on a team. So, good for those guys. And I guess next offseason, Elliot's going to want to talk about the Oilers now that Adam Ernie's there. So, we can talk about their bottom place finish? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Ooh, hot Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Congratulations, Elliot. You have a new team to cheer for. Yeah, I mean, I, I love the PTOs. I think it's cool that you can bring guys on into camp like that. And, <clears throat> excuse me, I am surprised that more teams don't do it because it creates a battle inside your camp without having to give somebody a contract. Like, yeah. it's a really, and it's also a chance for these guys to show that they still belong and get, you know, looks and stuff like that. And often you'll see, Guys that, you know, maybe they don't make the team that they tried out for, but another team will then come calling. That's great. So I think it's cool. And, and I'm, I'm really excited for Austin Watson and Tampa. I think that's a big, a big addition to that team. He's going to help, you know, replace the, the loss of Corey Perry and Pat Maroon. Yeah. So that was definitely one that when I, I saw him get a PT, I was like, he's definitely getting a contract, like for sure. And then the other one's Colin White. I think he's going to be sneaky good for Pittsburgh this year. And getting into that lineup. So, yeah, I mean, good on these guys, you know, good, good work and glad to see, you know, these guys, they go to camp and without any guarantees and work their way onto a roster. So good for them. Yep. All right. We'll hit the trade and then we'll go to the three or 800 list of signings. That we <laughs> it, it's hit. like it was July 1st. Uh, it's, it's, wow. This is honestly more entertaining looking at, I mean, it's, it's not all from today, but you know, it's from a week ish, a week and a half. Yeah. And it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Eleven signings. It's nuts. Which is honestly sometimes that's like I mean July July first always has those signings where it's like, yeah, okay, cool. Like it doesn't really matter. Yeah. But like almost all there's one in here that that not that it doesn't matter, but it's just like, eh, whatever. Like 
I had to look up who he was because I really didn't know. Yeah. And so, you know, whatever. we'll see. So, all right. So for the, the trade, we have Sam Lafferty going from Toronto to Vancouver for a fifth round pick in 2024. So I am, I am happy for, for Vancouver on this. I think that Toronto's not realizing what they just lost. And while I don't know how the whole LTIR and all that stuff works and bonuses and all that, the salary cap stuff, I'm not sure how all of that works, but it seems like it was almost a cap move for them to get him out. I think that this is this is the stuff that you you can't be letting guys like this walk and then having guys like Ryan Reeves playing. Like yeah. yes, his fight about his fight against Jack Eye was great and good on Jack Eye for standing up against one of the biggest, toughest guys in the NHL, but that's not what you need. You need these type of guys. And like watching highlights from that Vancouver game and I'm like, he's very helpful. Yep. He's a very helpful bottom six guy. He's he's the type of guy that you have on your team when you win cups. That's what I think the big reason that Dubas brought him in last year, and now they're sending him out. And I'm like, eh, not really, especially for only a fifth round pick. Like, I don't know. That, well, there's hardly any value on that. And so, yeah, not not a big fan of the trade for Toronto, but good on Vancouver for for making it happen. Yeah. And then I'm gonna I'm gonna do the Matt Burke side of it and go to the asset management. You know, if Vancouver is struggling out of the playoffs i mean lafferty's gonna pull in a third round pick mm-hmm. so you gave up a fifth for a third right there is already a win to me mm-hmm. and then you get about you get like 50 something games of his services which is a hard-working gritty third to fourth line winger like it's a good player it's a good player to have on your team so uh yeah i don't really follow but i guess toronto wanted you know they gave noah gregor the signing off the pto and wanted room for him but i agree i feel like he's a guy that i'd want my locker room and mm-hmm. on my team. So yeah, not really sure, but hey, salary cap, salary cap. I'm assuming that was the full reason for it. So it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes you got to make decisions and you got to, you know, do what you got to do. So yep. we'll see. We'll see how, how it plays out. Um, all right. Moving on. We have, as I said, a bunch of signings. So I'm just going to work my way down from the top of my list. So, you know, I'll just, Say the signing, what they're signed for, and then you know I'll give you first your you get first first go on the first one, and then I'll take first go on the second one. Alrighty. So first up, we have Trevor Zegers signing a three year contract in Anaheim at five point seven five. So, buddy, why don't you give me your take on that? When this news came across, I was like, wow, and not the wow that I was expecting because mm-hmm. I thought my wow was going to be like wow, really, mm-hmm. but no, it was wow, really, <laughs> like. I'm happy. Good for Anaheim. Good for them. They, for the first time this offseason, I'm going, nice job, Furby. Good, uh-huh. good job. Good work. Mm-hmm. Because that's a great contract for a player like him. That's what he should be signing. You know, we and you sat here and talked because we both assumed when Troy Terry got his contract, like Zegers is probably going to get something similar, if not a little higher. And I thought it was going to come in at like nine mil a year. And then I was going to go mm-hmm. crazy. Mm-hmm. He has every chance to make himself a $9 million player in these mm-hmm. next three years. Mm-hmm. To me, this is that prove it deal. This is the, what they call, I guess the bridge deal. And you know, good for him. Uh, I was like looking up because when that number came across, I'm like, all right, that seems like, seems like a pretty good number, but like, I'm curious to see what that is around the league. I mean, that's players like Nick Schmaltz, Andrew Majapani, Pavel Buchnevich, Anthony Mantha, TJ Oshie, Cam Atkinson. 
Like that's about the comps around where he's at. Hmm. I would take Zegers over over all those players. Mm-hmm. So good for him. Mm-hmm. Good. I mean, that's a good deal. That's a good deal for the team. And like I said, he has every chance to get paid. But prove to them that you are that guy. So yeah, I was I was happy to see that. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's I think is because I think oftentimes you see a young player will take a big contract and then struggle because of the pressure on it. Mm-hmm. 5.75 is not that much. It really is. And especially for somebody who's done, like he can continue, he could plateau and play exactly the same way he's played for the last three years for the next three years and be very much worth that money. So it's good for both sides because he's getting what he's, you know, the, the bottom is still very good. Now, if he drops off, which I just don't suspect happening, him dropping off enough to not be worth the money, but, this also gives him that, okay, I have three years to prove that I'm a number one center in the league, that I'm somebody who can figure this out and somebody that's going to be good enough to be making you know X amount of dollars. I don't know what it'll be at that point. And for, for Anaheim, it gives him a lot of flexibility. Plus, and here's the other thing. Now him and Leo Carlson are RFAs the same offseason. Mm-hmm. So now you can really sit there and go, okay, if it's who are we taking? Now they're both unsigned. So it's like, okay, you have, you know, now you really know what you're up against with what is the future going to look like because you're going to know what you're going to have to be paying Carlson and what you're going to have to be paying Zegers, which is really important. So, yeah, I do. I think it's a really good contract for both sides. I don't, I mean, I'm sure Zegers' camp is probably not happy because they wanted more, but to me, you're, there's a lot of question marks around Zegers' game. I would three years is a good amount of time, and I think six years in the league, you're really going to know what you have in him. I think that's what everybody wants. Yeah. So yeah, good on Verbeek. I think this was a good signing for for sure. So next up, we have Jamie Drysdale staying in Anaheim. So we have yeah, so sorry, staying in Anaheim. We have Jamie Drysdale signing his contract, three years at two point three million dollars. This is a steal, mm-hmm. an absolute steal. I think Jamie Drysdale is definitely going to be one of those he may not ever win a Norris trophy but he very well could be the next Devontae's or that type of defenseman where he's going to be very a very good compliment to some very good defensemen that people may not always pick up on how good he is because he's very behind the scenes and you don't always see what he does but he's a very big part of this team and to get him signed for and again the same three years which means in three years you're going to have, yes, you're going to have a lot of contracts assigned, but you're also going to know, you're going to be able to look and go, okay, you know, going into that season, you're going to be like, okay, what are we, you know, what are we getting from you guys? Like, what do we need to sign you guys for? You're going to have some contracts coming off the books that year. Um, I think at that point, I have to look, but I think that that may be the year that Gibson comes off the books too. So, you know, like a lot of that stuff, yeah. you know, that's just like, that's going to be a very, like, it's, Sometimes you don't want that. Sometimes you want them staggered a little bit. So that way you can kind of like, you know, you, you, you know, you, what you have, but I think this is a good, it's an interesting planning by Verbeek to do this. And I think it's going to pay off, but I do think that this is a good contract overall. And I'm, I'm very excited to see him play this year. He, sh- he got injured and hardly played last year, but I think, which I think played into the 2.3, but yeah, I think this is a very good young player who's up and coming and he's going to be very good. And at $2.3 million, I mean, who's complaining about that? Right. Yeah, for sure. No, it's a good deal. I see a lot of, uh, like, his te- current teammate now and his old teammate, like Cam Fowler, 
uh, Hampus Lindholm. I see a lot of that, you know, very good defenseman, complimentary, same thing. I mean, Fowler was, Fowler's still a pretty underrated player. Like, I still think he could. If he was on a better team, he would be known more. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a very good player. So, I really like that um, comp. Uh, yeah, so that's such a good deal. And so, like you said about the contracts, that's what I was trying to get to. <laughs> Freaking brain always freezes <laughs> on me. Uh, I was uh, I was about to say, you know, like the contracts, like all ending the same year. I, I look at a team like Anaheim and go like, yeah, but that's good for them. Mm-hmm. Because in three years from now, they're going to know what they got in these guys. Mm-hmm. So, like, just say, like, kind of like Ottawa did with Mark Stone. You know, it's kind of the same with them. It's like his year, he's up. We're going to trade, sign, do the sign and trade thing, you know, trade them. Well, I guess they technically didn't sign it, but trade them and get a contract on a new team. And if Zegers doesn't work out and they're not happy with his performance, you move them. That's a very movable contract. Same with Drysdale. It's mm-hmm. Very, very movable contract. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, if you're not happy with their performance and you want to see them move on, or if you're just not at the development that you think you're going to be in three years, yeah, just move on from them and move them. Get a lot of assets in return because at two point. Mm-hmm. Four or three, five, whatever it is for Drysdale, yeah, that's you're gonna get some big time assets back for that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and that's the thing too. And and to not to to be make sure everybody's on the same page, these guys, all three of the guys I mentioned, are all going to be restricted free agents, right? So their their rights are going to be owned, right? So which is an, also another good tradable asset. Mm-hmm. As teams exactly. know, they'll have the leverage on that. So and especially because well, Drysdale and Zegers would both be arbitration eligible. But Carlson will not. Right. So it's like, so you'll want to get those two knocked out first be, before you get Carlson knocked out. But it's also that thing of who do we, you know, if, and it's do, who do we value more? And, and I also think that gives them three years to figure out if Zegers is a center or a winger. And right. I think, cause I think that's, is the holdup is they're not convinced he's going to be a center in three years. Mm-hmm. And so they don't want to sign him for $8 million saying, Oh, you're going to play center. And then he ends up playing winger and it's like, we could have had you for six because wingers make less money. Right. And so, which I think is smart asset management. So yeah, yeah, no, I do. I like the deals. I think that they're, they're good. And, and I've criticized Rubik a lot because I think he's made some very questionable decisions, but both of these deals are very good. So moving on, we're going to head to Minnesota because we have three signings there. Bill Gurren's doing his work and man, does he work? So first up, we have Felino signing. It's Marcus Felino signing for four years at four million dollars. So this one's you, there, Mister Buddy. So why don't you uh, hit us off here? Yeah. Oh, well, I'm gonna kind of try to tie all these three. I know you didn't say them all yet, but anyway, they're all just great contracts. Well, hold on. Let me. Just, yeah. Let me, go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah. Let me just name them so quickly so yeah. we're all on the same page. So he signs Felino for four four by four, and then he signs Matt Sugarello for two years at four point one three. And then he signs Ryan Hartman for three years at $4 million. Yeah. So, I mean, that's why I wanted to say it because all the money's pretty close, pretty mm-hmm. much the same. Mm-hmm. I don't know how he does it. Mm-hmm. Like, I really don't. Like, he just, well, I do know because he's building a winning culture there. He's building a culture. That's what you want from your team. Mm-hmm. That these managements, I think they can just go out and spend all this money and all this crazy amount of, like, just random dollars that they just throw around on players that don't deserve it. Like, no, they're building a culture there where like you want to be here. This is what I can give you. If you don't want to, we'll move on. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Zuccarello, you get to go play with Caprizov all the time. Hartman, you get to play with Caprizov all the time. And Felino, you can just, you can be our guy. Like he's, he is 
I think the heart and soul, he's, he's a heart and soul guy in the locker room for sure. You can tell him he belongs there. I'm glad he's staying there for a while. And he's one of those guys come playoff time. Now, unfortunately last year he made a big mistake and took a bad penalty and, but he owned up to it and it is what it is. You move on and look out if they make the playoffs again this year, because he's a guy that will win you a Stanley cup or be a big part of it. So, and to have him at $4 million a year as a steal. Mm-hmm. Um, I did want to just bring up Ryan Hartman signing that $4 million as technically their first line center. Mm-hmm. That's impressive because he does fit very well with Capri's and Zuccarello. So, and to me, it's crazy on a team that, you know, we've talked about Minnesota plenty of times on here about the Capri's and Suter contracts of all that dead cap space, but you know how you win. You, you know how you win when you have all that dead cap space is you have, both your top two centers making four million and five point two five. Like if your top centers are combining for nine million dollars, that's a steal. Mm-hmm. So and they're not Ryan Hartman is not your prototypical number one center. I think mm-hmm. we all know that. Mm-hmm. Nobody's questioning that. I'm not I would never argue with someone like that. But when you have Joel Erickson next to you, yeah, it's pretty solid. So or on the line behind you. And yeah, I like this deal a lot. Minnesota's Minnesota's building a good culture there, and I'm really happy for them. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love I I'm I am super 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 impressed with what he's done with this team. Yeah, with the decision from the between the decision to buy out Suter because I don't think the decision to buy out Parise was hard. I think that everybody was on board with that one, but the decision to buy out Suter was one that a lot of people were saying, "No, this is this is dumb." And then having, I mean, they have seven and a half million dollars in cash space. Locked up this year for nothing. That's a lot, a lot, and they are using. Well, I they have yeah they're using no LTIR space at all. So it's not like they have which it's funny the the, the way that my brain works and I think part of it is because I don't understand how LTIR works. But I'm like, go trade for Carey Price's contract because that would give you ten million dollars in LTIR space, which is, you'd still have three million dollars in cap space then. Right. If that works how I think it works, which I'm not sure on, so don't don't send us a DM saying, "Oh, you're an idiot," because I don't know how it works. So just put that right up there. But but still, anyway. But just like looking at what he's done, and I mean, next year Hart, our Zuccarello will drop just under just shy of two million dollars. He'll drop down, and but Hartman goes up two point three, Felina goes up nine hundred thousand. So it's like they're kind of offsetting, and plus Flurry's up next year at three and a half, which I don't think he's coming back. I think I'm. I would be shocked if Wallstead's not their backup next year. Right. But it's like again, then you you have cap space to do other stuff next year too, which is crazy. And then and then the crazy. And then well, the good thing is that next year is the last bad year. After that, it drops to eight hundred and thirty three thousand, which yeah. is an entry level contract for a, I don't know. I think twenty eight twenty nine is when that when that ends. Well, sorry. So it's it's one point six million. Is what because there's two of them, but. Still, one point six yeah, is not terrible. Something. That's every team has that almost. Mm-hmm. W- what is next year's number? Seven point three seven one. Okay, so my mind, my mind thought right away if the cap does go up five million, that's your now. You, now you're really at two million. Mm-hmm. So that's big. No, mm-hmm. that is good. Great job. Yeah. And hopefully he keeps going because I love Bill Garen. So it's very cool. Yeah, absolutely good on him. I do. I think all three contracts are very, very, very important. I think. Getting Zuccarello signed is is very important because you need type guys like that. You need them in your locker room. Yep. 
it takes him to 38, then you can kind of, okay, let's one year, one year, one mm-hmm. year. And I think, cause I think he's going to play till he's 41, 42. I just, I could see that being, you know, unless they win a cup in the next two years and he goes, I'm good. Yeah. I'm happy. I played my seasons. I'm ready to retire. We won a cup. I'm good. But, which is very possible with this team, but I think that's really important. And, and especially because he keeps you, you know, you, you have, well, actually now Kaprizov and Zuccarello go to UFA the same year. So it gives you, you know, three more years to kind of like, what can these two guys do? Yeah. And so, yeah, I do. And then if Lino, I mean, you can't talk enough about what he brings to a team and how, how super important he is to, to teams that are going to be in the playoffs. And which is why Nick Felino is getting traded. Like mm-hmm. that's going to happen. If you watch the game, any of the games so far, you see it. You see the way he plays. You see the intensity he has. He's going to be on a playoff team when the Stanley Cup Finals come around. It's going to happen because somebody is going to pay stupid money for him because they those Felino brothers are super super valuable in the playoffs. So yeah, so good on Gurren. I think that he did a fantastic job with this too. Anything else before we move on? Nope. All right. So. Next up, we have two signings in Winnipeg. So we have Mark Shifley signing a seven-year contract at $8.5 million. And we have Connor Hellebuck at seven for uh, the same contract. So seven years at eight and a half. So yeah, I am I am I'm happy to see for Winnipeg to see them get this done before the season starts. That is very that is a big distraction off the board now. Because and no matter what you know, people will always say, and it's it's something that's going to happen in Tampa this year with with Stamkos. Mm-hmm. Is he coming back? I know people go, oh, we're you know we're professional and whatever. Okay, it, it's still it's on the back of everyone's brain, and it's going to be a thing for the entire season. I'm sorry, it's just the way it is. I know that they're professional. I know that they can you know put stuff away and all that, but blah blah blah. But I really do think that there it's hard to step away from that. It's hard to go okay. You know, especially the guys that have been there for so long. I mean, both those guys have been there. Um, I want to say, well, Shifley is a 2012 pick and Hellebuck was a 2011 pick. Uh, probably 14, 2014, 2013, something like that. Mm-hmm. Almost 10 years they've been there. So it's a big part of their of their their culture, of their team. You know, and, and I mean, you don't replace Hellebuck. Like, he's so valuable. And so, yeah, I really do like... I, and. I think both caps are good. Seven years at eight and a half million dollars, I think is very, very good for both both guys. As much as I definitely have my problems with Mark Shrifley, I still think at eight and a half million dollars, you're getting very good value for it for him. Especially if the cap does go up five million dollars next year, that contract looks really, really good. Because both of them, I mean, you're paying seventeen million dollars for Shrifley and Hellebuck. Instead of thirteen point two five for one player, but you know that's you know we talked enough about that. I don't need to keep bringing him up, but <laughs> just you know another another uh, Canada market, and I just yeah, that's just stupid. But and again, under ten million dollars. Yeah. So yeah, no, I, I just I do, I like both of them. I think both of them make sense. I think both of them both players are very valuable to your team, and you want to keep them. And I think it's important that they got them done before the season started. Yeah. No, it is, and. Most people would probably argue with me, and you actually might, and I'm kind of curious to see what you think about this, because you know which contract that I'm not a fan of is Hellebuck's. Mm. And you want to know why? My opinion is, if you're going to win, your goalies need to combine for around nine. I just don't think you can win with the cap where it's at right now 
and I know it's going up and I understand that, but I still don't think I, I, I still would rather spend that money and goalies the most important position. But like, mm-hmm. look at the past Stanley cup goalies, mm-hmm. the cup winners, you know, you got Aiden Hill, you got Darcy Kemper. Like those are the last two. Now Vasilevsky is the exception right now, mm-hmm. obviously, but even Vasilevsky, you know, last year's playoffs weren't good. And, you know, he's starting off hurt now. So I was kind of curious to see how he would start. So this argument, it would be too early right now. But like, you know, the start of the season would have been big for him to rebound off of that not very good playoff series. So it's just, it's really hard to build a roster when your goalies are taken up like a pretty good chunk of your cap. And mm-hmm. assuming, you know, Hellebuck can probably play around 60 games, but like assuming you want to sign a good backup to about two and two, two and a half, you know, now you're looking at $11 million in goaltending. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. It's it's tough. It's tough. And that's just my only like my only problem with that. The Shifley one I do like. And like I I kind of did a bunch of cops comps and ironically Pierre Luc Dubois signed the same contract. <laughs> just eight years, not seven. Mm-hmm. Um which is funny to think just because Winnipeg might have, they were so close to getting stuck on that, both like the, choosing between them. So to me, with signing Shifley the same deal that Dubois got makes that trade even better that they did, bringing in Velarde, Ayafalo, guys like that. So, yeah, I like that deal. Unfortunately, Leon Dreisaitl makes 8.5, but mm-hmm. he also signed that how many years ago now? It's just a part of it. Philip Forsberg, Bo Horvat, Mika Zibanejad, Sebastian Ajo, Steven Stamkos, but Stamkos is, was a while ago as well. So, yeah, I'd say he's comped around those players, and, yeah, it's a good deal. So, good for Winnipeg to get that done. I agree. Hey, it's tough. It's a tough argument because if someone and if your argument back to me would be, you know, yeah, but Hellebuck's one of the best goalies in the league. How do you let him go? I'm not going to argue that. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying I always say that you need your goalies shouldn't be more than nine million dollars. So I just stick into my guns on that. And it's it is. It's a tough argument. Mm-hmm. It is. And that's. I agree in the sense of you really want to be careful spending money at the goaltending position. Because it is very tough. And goaltending is so fickle. It's very easy. You have a very, like, that whole top five conversation, I think, is interchangeable for most years. Because there's just, there's too many unknowns. There's too many unknowns with it. But I do think that Hellbuck is the exception. So I do think with the way that he's played with his numbers, I think my concern is he's played the same amount of games that Corey Schneider has played when Corey Schneider developed his hip problems. Yeah. That's my concern more so than anything with him with a seven-year contract is he's already 30. It takes until he's 38 that those last two, three years could be tough. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same rate, you're not getting, you're going to, it's going to be much more per year if you don't have those extra three years. But it's one of those things where it's, and because it's the goalie market so weird and it's, you can't just, I mean, you can, you can ask the teams looking for goalies this off season. Like it's, it's not that easy. Yeah. And so, yeah, so it's tough. It, it really is tough. And it's, do you stick with what you have and what you know, or do you go outside and go, okay, we know what you're worth. We know what we can get out here. And that's more valuable to yeah. us. And I think that that's, it's tough. And so while I hear what you're saying, I'm not sure I'm full. I don't know that I'm fully on board with it, but I'm also, I definitely think there's a, an argument to be made for it because I do. It, you want to be very careful with your goaltending. Cause yeah. like, obviously I was looking, I have the goalie signed up. The 15th highest paid goalie in the NHL right now is Cal Peterson. Yeah. And guess where Cal Peterson is currently in Lehigh Valley. Yeah. 
He's not even playing in the NHL. Mm-hmm. 15th highest paid goalie in the league this year. He's making more than our starter. Yeah. And I think if I'm correct, which I have to look, he's making more than our starter and our backup combined. That's crazy. So let's just yeah. put that in context. Yeah. No, it is. It, it It's a lot. It's a lot. That That's my point. It's tough. It's tough to give goalie, goalies a lot of money because, you know, in the snap of a finger, like he goes through a major knee surgery or something and he's done. He mm-hmm. can't get that game back. And also, too, my other point is, is, you know, who were the best goalies? You know, in my opinion, the best goalies of the 20, we'll, we'll go like 2008 to 2018, we'll just say. The best goalies were Henrik Lundqvist, Carey Price. Uh, Mark Andre Fleury, and Fleury Fleury had, well, yeah, Fleury had one cup he started in the whole run. You know, other than that, there's no cups there. Mm-hmm. It's tough. Montreal mm-hmm. and the Rangers spent a lot of money on their goaltender, never won a cup. Mm-hmm. It's tough. Was Corey Crawford better than them? No, the Corey Crawford was what the Blackhawks needed to win Stanley Cups. Is Jonathan Quick really better than them? No. I don't think he was. And I like Quick a lot. Mm-hmm. And when he was in his prime, he was great. But I don't think he was as good as those guys were. But he's what the Kings needed to win cups. Mm-hmm. Like it, it is. It's tough. It's a tough argument. I, I, I just that's mm-hmm. just where I go. Like my 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 I question when goalies get big contracts. Well, I think the argument so that you just sparked something in my mind of how I mean we can name fifteen goalies. That's like how did. Like, like the whole the worst name the worst starting goalie to win a cup, yeah. and it's like I mean to me it's it's easily Matt Murray, but it's the other one is Antoniemi. Yep. How the heck did Niemi have a, a ring that he started in? Yeah. Well, and but, that cup was against Michael Layton and Brian Boucher. Yeah. Well, exactly. But yes. it's like, how often do you have the conversation of like, oh, these bad goalies that were in the the one in my household is Chris Osgood. Is like talk all the time about how garbage he was, and it's funny because I definitely think Crawford, the first cup they won, was awful. Mm-hmm. Did not think he should have won that. He definitely didn't deserve it. So, but all this to say, how often do we do that and say like, look at all these bad goalies that won? But then the flip side of that is, you just named three of the top goalies in ten years, and they, there's one ring. Yeah, like so, it's like how often do these high pay goalies win? But it, but I will say Vasilevsky is the exception, and I wonder if Hellbuck will be the other. Yeah. So, but yeah, again, no, it is. It's tough. It is. It's tough. That's what I mean. Like I'm mm-hmm. not. It's hard. It, it is really hard. Like you know, when you have a great player, you don't want to let him go. Mm-hmm. Like that's the whole point. But it's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a big commitment. It's mm-hmm. a big time commitment. And one thing I will give them because you know you could easily let him go, and then he goes sign somewhere else, and someone else makes the mistake. When I say mistake. It's because like when goalies switch organizations is usually when their career falls apart. Yeah. It's and it, I don't mean to use this comp, but like, it's kind of like a quarterback in football when they leave their system, they leave the team that they were comfortable on for so long. Not very often do they move on and play well mm-hmm. because it's so hard. That's where you're comfortable. That's mm-hmm. where you built a name. That's where you built your, your career out of and you move on. It's kind of like a goaltender, Bobrovsky going to Florida. Mm-hmm. And I know it's kind of bad timing with them going to the final, it, that, that contract's disastrous. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. It still is disastrous. That just kind of helped it feel a little bit better, mm-hmm. but it's still disastrous. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that he's not that Vezina winning goaltender that he was in Columbus since he left there. Because in Columbus, well, he started in Philly, but he really built his name in Columbus. Mm-hmm. And since he's left there, it's not good. Briscalov leaving Arizona, going to Philly. 
he just fell apart because you where you build your name is where you belong. Mm-hmm. So I will give Winnipeg credit there. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's a tough, tough, tough spot. It's a lose lose almost mm-hmm. unless they win a cup. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, which the rest of the team needs to figure out. They need to put their big boy pants on and produce when the games matter for them to win a cup. Yep. Which the jury's still out on. Yep. So. Anything else in those before we move on? Nope. We have a couple more that we need to, to uh, touch on before we, we close this one out. Yeah. So next up, we have in Columbus, Justin Danforth signing a one-year, $1.1 million contract. So I had to look up who this was because I thought it was an entry-level contract. And I'm like, oh, it's more than nine fifty, so it can't be. And I was like, I don't know who this is. So I really don't have much to say about it. I just, it came up, so I just wanted to address it and just, you know, say, you know, good for him. He got another contract, but I really don't have much to say other than that. Yeah, we can move on. Okay. <laughs> so next up, we have Buffalo making two big signings. So first up is Rasmus Dahlin signing an eight-year contract at $11 million. And then next up is Owen Power signing a seven-year contract at 8.35. So you want me to hit this off or you go? You go ahead. All right. Oof, that's a lot of money. But I think it's well spent. It's scary to spend that much money, especially Darlene scares me a little bit. He had, he looked like a bust for a while there. Mm-hmm. And then last year he really, really came in hot. I would have liked to have seen them wait this until and do this contract this off season. I think the problem with that is, and this is a scary part is if he does another, if he has another, I think he had like 73 points last year or something like that. So I think it was in the eight, or it was, I think it was in the low seventies. If he has another low 70, mid 70, high 70 point, I can't imagine he's not asking for 13. So it's like, did you save 2 million a year? I don't know. But it's also, I would have liked to have seen them, you know, kind of wait a little bit because I'm a little scared. I'd be a little scared to sign somebody that struggled as much as he has to an eight year, $88 million contract. That's a lot of money. But I do think that it's, as long as he can stay doing what he did last year, he's well worth the money. I really like Owen Power signing. I really like the, the the term they gave him. It's a little rich for me, but it's also, I look at the Shabbat signing and the Aaron Eckblad signing are very, very close. I think I'd take power over both of them currently. So he's got room to grow. He's very, very, very helpful, very productive on that decor. They now have three guys, three defensemen signed for six years, I believe, is what it is, with Samuelson signed there, too. That's really important. That gives you three very important pieces. So I'm I'm happy for Buffalo. I really am. I was definitely scared, and I saw Darlene sign. I'm like, uh, what's this? Am I going to be looking at $13.5 million? Like, I really thought that's what he's getting. And $11 million, especially, like, I know, like, I talk about the $10 million all the time. I do that does scare me a little bit, but I also feel like they have like Dylan Cousins is under eight. That like those pieces and same with same with Tate Thompson is both I he's under eight, I'm pretty sure. Um I wanna say him I don't remember. I'm almost positive that him and him and cousins are pretty close. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're both at the same because I remember when they when Thompson signed it was like because he didn't do anything yeah. yet. Well then he had the year last year and it was okay. Yeah. So Thompson's at seven point one four two eight five seven. 
why they can't just make it flat numbers is so annoying to me. But and then Cousins is seven point one. Okay, so very close. So I think those two make up for the eleven million dollars to Darlene. So I still think you're getting you know that core and also with the cap going up and stuff like that and you know all that stuff. I think that I really do. I think that that's they have quite a core that they have built in Buffalo. And I think they're going about it the right way. They have, you know, so Cousins, so Thompson, Thompson and Cousins have seven years left. Darlene has nine. Samuelson has seven. And Power has eight. And then they have Skinner to four. Tuck to three. So uh, Connor Clifton to three. So they have quite a few guys signed pretty, I mean, pretty long term Mm -hmm. that are like the cores of your team. And I mean, quite frankly, in three years, Tuck will be 30. He may not be getting much of a raise. And he may, and since he's from Buffalo, he may say, I don't care. Give me the same contract, just five years or whatever. And I want to stay here and which would be so good for them. Yeah. But I do. Like I, I really, I'm really, really, really hyped for Buffalo and what Buffalo is going to be because they're going to be very, very, very good. Yeah, yeah, I, I think Buffalo is definitely a team, but honestly, like, and I, I'm always the positive guy. I, I don't, I don't like these deals. I really don't. Well, the, it's just tough. It, it is. It's, it's kind of like we were just talking about with like the Hellbuck thing. You know, you got good players, you got to sign them. I really don't like the power deal. Mm-hmm. I really don't. I'm just not. I, I haven't seen enough for him. I, I'd like to see this team make the playoffs before giving about big deals. That's my mm-hmm. problem with it. Mm-hmm. And I agree. I wish they would have waited till the off season to make the decision on Darlene to give him that money. I mean, Cal McCarr won a cup and he's at nine million. Mm-hmm. And I would take McCarr over Darlene, and mm-hmm. I like Darlene a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, the only other players that are around eleven million dollars are Eric Carlson and Drew Doughty. And Doughty won a cup, and Carlson was a bad contract that we've talked about a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I just it's it's risky. Mm-hmm. It's really risky. Could it could it work? Absolutely. I just want to see some playoffs. And again, like I just don't want to be hypocritical because I would if this was Toronto, I'd be bashing it till mm-hmm. no end. And I love Buffalo. I love the core. Everything you read, I'm on board. Mm-hmm. The years, I'm on board. Mm-hmm. It's just the money. It's it's a lot. It's a lot to ask. Um, power. I would have liked to seen a little bridge deal before giving him that deal. And just like you know what, but I will give their I'll give their management credit. They did it with Thompson. They did it with cousins. You know, there's not much that powers agent was like, you did it with them before they proved anything. And look what that, how, how that worked for you. Mm-hmm. This is what my client's going to do. So that's probably what he did. They had leverage on that because that's what management and they're sticking to their guns and they're giving these guys contracts before they really earned it. In my opinion, um, my, my problem with power is, you know, I apparently I'm doing a lot of comps this show, but you know, Petrangelo is at 8.8. Uh, mm. Sergachev's 8.5 Haskinen's 8.45 he's up those are elite defensemen that he just signed with he better. hold on you're gonna put Sergachev in elite oh he won two cups uh, okay. I wouldn't put him elite okay. but he, I, earned, I, he earned that deal more than power has true true I just yeah sorry I no I'm not no I wouldn't argue that Sergachev sorry Sergachev it's it's literally watching the Tampa game against Nashville 
I just, he makes a lot of stupid mistakes and no. it drives me crazy. Sorry. I just, yeah, I didn't know. No, mean to no you were, you're, you're but, correct. No, but no, it's, that's fine. That's, it's, it's more of, I think like to me, the way that I look at it is I think Sergeyev is way overpaid. Yeah. So I feel like, but those other guys like Petrangelo, Heiskening, especially, oh man, like, okay. Yeah. Those like, that's a great point. Like what the point you're trying to make. Those two are great examples of that. Sorry, I just have my issues with Sergeyev. But, no, you're fine. But yeah. I, I, I do too. I'm not, I, <laughs> he's just there, but I'm okay with it though. I, mm-hmm. Is it too much? Yes. When he signed it, I'm like, eh, I'm not a fan of that. It's a little much. But he won them two cups, and they're yeah. fresh off cup. They were just fresh off a cup final appearance again for the third year in a row. I get it. I won't like. I understand. Do I agree with it? No. It should have been around like six, probably. But McDonough was leaving. Then that mm-hmm. that was the thing, you know. McDonough was leaving. He's like, "Hey, you lose me and him, you're screwed." And mm-hmm. he had a little leverage, and he got him. So, yeah. I, but no, it is like Brett Burns is at eight, and then Shabbat er, uh, John Carlson was the other one that's at eight oh, mil. Yeah. And I just I look at that and I just go like, "There's a lot of names on there. I'd rather have." And it's it's it is. Hey, he can prove me wrong. He can go out and have a great season this mm-hmm. year, and. He is a big part of the future. He's a number one overall pick and everything, but it's just, it's risky and it better work. He better turn <laughs> out to be and, or Buffalo is going to be in trouble. That's the only problem. If it all works out and everything you said, and I hope you're correct. Cause I really like this team a lot. And I like where they're heading. It's going to be great. It's just risky. Mm-hmm. Hey, he's on pace for 82 points this year. It also took him like 30 something or 40 something games last year, right? To score, was it or something like that? It was crazy. There was some like crazy stat or something I remember. Oh, sorry. I couldn't help myself. That's this just pisses me off the whole the darn thing. And yeah, so now that's going to be a funny, funny thing that we're going to do all the time. Oh, now. It's, oh yeah. he's on pace for, you know, something stupid. Yeah, but. right. We can't do that math that fast. It's just we're just lucky it's one game in. <laughs> one for one or two for two. It's easy. Then it's 82, you know, but oh, yes. Oh, man. All right. Anything else on Power, Darlene, or Buffalo before we move on? No, I'm good. All right. And up to our final contract for the moment, we have Devontae signing for a, in Colorado, extension for at seven years, for four seven years at $7.25 million. So why don't you uh, tell us what you think there, buddy? Uh, another example of why I don't like the Power contract. Mm-hmm. Because <laughs> i take Devontae over him any day. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, no, and I don't mean to keep knocking power. It's not fair. He's he's a young player. He's growing into something. I think he's going to be a really good player in this league. I just just wanted to see more because like a guy like Taves has already won a cup. He's he's the example that is made a lot of. That's the guy we need. Mm-hmm. I think there's 31 teams that would take Devon Taves on their team, mm-hmm. and Colorado just got him for seven million a year. It's just a, it's a great deal. Um, yeah. I'm a big fan of the deal. He's a guy that's going to be around for a long time there and well, should be finishing his career in Colorado. So mm-hmm. good for him. Yeah. And I mean, well worth the money for sure. Yeah. And yeah, I think it was Matt Barnaby. I'm not a hundred percent on that. So, but somebody actually, maybe it was Ronick. I don't remember somebody when, when Shabbat signed his contract, he was criticizing it about, I remember back in my day, you had to do something before you signed the contract. Right. And like, kind of to your point of like what, what Taze has done to earn that. And like, and it, but again, and still going with the Colorado mindset of, we're taking less to win cups. Cause like, okay. Yeah. McKinnon's at 12.6. He's, which is ironic 
he's a hundred thousand dollars over McDavid. So funny to me. <laughs> and has a cup. Like, but that team has like Ransons for less and, and Sack or well not it's not Sack anymore. It's um it's McFarland, I think. I honestly I don't I can't ever remember his name for some reason. I think it's Chris McFarland, I think. Has done very good with something like the new Shuskin one. I was very, very scared of, and I still am because it's one like, oh, I just, I just don't know what you have in the Shuskin. But this is a great contract, like a great contract. And to your point of prove something, and then you know, then we'll we'll give you the money. And I agree. Like I do think it's 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 tough because it's like finding the balance between I'd rather pay, I'd rather see teams pay guys for what they're going to do. Versus paying guys for what they've done in the, you know, like David Backus or Matt Bolesky or, you know, there's, I mean, you could name a bunch of Franz Nielsen, uh, Andrew Ladd, like a bunch of those guys that, that, you know, they're in their, you know, 32, 33 years and they're getting six, seven year contracts at stupid money. And it's like, they're getting paid for what they did. Yeah. It's like, cause they're not going to do it again. Right. I'd rather see you pay it to somebody who's going to, who you're hoping to hit that. Right. But it's also tough because you've got to be very careful with that because they haven't done it. They haven't proven it. But it's also very hard to win a cup. And so I think that some of it is that of like, you know, just be realistic for all these guys. You know, there's going to be guys that make millions of millions and millions of dollars that will never even sniff a cup. And it has nothing to do with what they signed for. Mm-hmm. Nothing to do with how long they wait or anything like that. So it's tough. And it's it's even one of those things where, especially in Buffalo, it's tough. Like it's not a great market. Like it's, it's, it's fine, but it's not amazing. It's cold. Like you kind of got to do what you got to do to keep people. And you know, you normally you have to pay him a little bit. I mean, you look at Jeff Skinner's contract, like he got probably $2 million more than he should have because they needed him to stay. Okay. Like, you know, and, but I don't look at these contracts or I do like even looking at it going, okay, if that is like, if that is the extra $2 million, they're still in good shape. Yeah. kind of thing so anyway i was talking about back to i went back to buffalo even though we're talking about taze but yeah like i just i i do i'm very excited for colorado now because i really didn't think they were going to be able to resign him i do think this will be sam gerrard's last year in colorado i think unfortunately yeah. that's going to be the, the the take is now you have mccarr byram and Devontae's. there's just no room yeah. and which is a bummer because i really like gerrard i think he's a very good defenseman but there's casualties to it and hockey's a business. And although I guess technically maybe with the cap going up because he makes $5 million. So if it goes up by $5 million, they may be able to keep him, but I'm not sure how all the money would work. Works. So I'll have to look at that. A but, guy like Gerard needs to take it, take it like Ryan Graves did and go earn a spot on a team. He mm-hmm. needs to just take it. And this Graves was the odd man out there too. And it was a shame, but it's what needed to be done. He went to Jersey and proved his worth and now signed a good six-year deal this offseason for a good amount of money. That's what Gerard needs to go. He needs to take that and do that. But this year, he's going to have a chance to win a cup in Colorado. And yeah, I agree. I think he's going to be the odd man out too. But it, unfortunately, it's part of the business and Devon Taves is more important than Gerard is, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. No, I don't think anybody's arguing that one. Yeah. Let's see. He's got, oh, Gerard's got four more years. I didn't realize that. Oh, really? Four more years at $5 million. Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, I guess people were talking about they're going to have to trade him. I guess that's what people were saying. Yeah. Which his modified new trade clause kicks in next year. Oh, geez. So, yeah, it's going to, it's got to happen this (laughs) year. It's got to happen this year. Yeah. 
Yeah, but I mean, a five million dollar Gerard, I, that's going to get you some assets. Yeah. It's funny because that may be the Devontae's backwards trade. Yeah, because what he traded for Devontae's was like a second and a fourth or something, yeah. something stupid. And it's funny because just like looking back, I'm like, oh, yeah, that that trade probably won them a cup. Yeah, it was. Two, I'm sorry, it was two second round picks. Yeah, it's not. Which one of them turned into JJ Moser? Ironically, just hilarious. So. Which is funny because he ended up in Colorado. Or, sorry, he ended up in Arizona. Yeah. And yet the Islanders had the pick. So I wonder who they moved it to first. But yeah. Anyway. Yeah. No, that's true. Yeah. So anyway. Oh, I'd like to see Gerard go back to Nashville. I think that'd be a good fit. Mm, that would be a good fit. You know who one? I was watching the Nashville Seattle game. Um. Oh my gosh. I'm totally just. I just had the biggest brain fart of my of my life. <laughs> Welcome to my club, Tyson Berry. Oh my word! I just was like his. I can, I'm literally picturing him, picturing his jersey. I can see it. Can't think of his name. Just gone. He looked really freaking good mm-hmm. on that team. Yeah, he does. I'm like he did last year too. <laughs> yeah. I am really interested to see what they end up doing with him because I wouldn't be shocked if they sign him yeah. and just keep him because. Honestly, I think him by himself brings more value than Ekholm did, yep. and I love Ekholm. I think Ekholm's a great defenseman, but I think Ellis may be more valuable. Yeah, hey, crazy. That's, that's another text that I got from Dave, our Colorado guy. He's like, "Oh, it hurts so much to watch Ryan O'Reilly and Tyson Berry play in Nashville." <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's tough. Unfortunately, the Berry one was kind of that was a, a move they needed to make because Kadri helped them win a cup. Yeah. That was, you know, unfortunately, they had to do what they had to do. Yeah. The Riley thing was just kind of, unfortunately, there is a business and a personal side to hockey. Yeah. And sometimes those things get in the way. Mm-hmm. It's just crazy to me that Colorado was able to, like, they built a lot and were able to trade guys like that and still go on to get a Stanley Cup. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's good management there. Asset management, baby. That's yeah. what it's all about. <laughs> uh, yes. All right. Anything else you want to hit on before we, we close this episode out? Nope. I'm good. All right. Thank you all for listening. It's been a great episode, another great episode, and we appreciate all the listens. We do have an announcement to make, which is we are now available on Apple Podcasts and also on Amazon Podcasts, or Amazon Music, sorry. So, yeah, we will have those links up on the Instagram a little bit later tonight, and you can check that out. And, you know, we just want to, we're trying to expand here and trying to keep growing, and we really appreciate all of you listening and continuing to come back week after week. And so that's one of the announcements that we had coming down the the wire. And so hopefully we'll have another big one coming here soon. But yeah, it's been great. And we appreciate everybody continuing to listen, continuing to to interact with the Instagram page and, you know, do stuff. We're we're trying to do a little bit more with that. You know, as the season goes on, it'll be a little bit easier because now there's hockey happening, which makes it a little bit easier. But yeah, thank you all. And yeah, we really appreciate to putting out more content every week. So thank you.